Hello, hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. Special Summer Series, The Story of Drihid, Part 2. In the last episode of this special summer series on Drihid, I've been slowly building the story of how Drihid entered into our lives. Last time I began to go through the very first iteration of Drihid, which was called SEP, the Career Entry Professional Programme, which was launched in January 2012 as a consultation. I went through the in-school part of SEP in the last section, just to give you a bit of background, but there was also an out-of-school side to SEP too. And in this part, I'm just going to go through that and see if anything's changed in the last 10 years. Hello, hello, this is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, a weekly podcast where I look at the world of primary education and wonder what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. You're very welcome to subscribe to this podcast on any of your favourite podcasting apps, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or any of the rest. And please tell all of your friends, uh, whether they're teachers or just anyone else who might be interested in primary education, so more people can find it. Now, I've already forgotten how many strands there were to the in-school part of SEP, and I only recorded it a few days ago. But guess how many strands there were to the out-of-school part of SEP? Three. That doesn't sound so bad. But in total, to get through one's first year of teaching and become a fully registered teacher... Yeah, like, because of the first bit, there's actually about ten hoops to jump through. Now, much like how people these days just get Drihid out of the way, let's do the same and see what the Teaching Council had planned for NQTs when they weren't in school. Let's go through all three of these parts. Now, the thing is, what I love about these three strands is how only one of them is actually a thing to do. (laughs) It's like they've just made stuff up. The other two are just simply added on to give, I would say, someone something to do probably in an office somewhere. So the first one is the one that you'll be familiar with because it still exists and that's the workshops. Okay and this is the the workshop program I think it's called and this was originally designed by the NIPT who still exist. Um, I can't figure out why they still exist um, because their job is to provide training for the teaching council as far as I can see and nothing really more than that. I'm kind of not really that sure why they're just not simply absorbed into the teaching council. But there we are anyway. Uh, So essentially, there's a set of workshops that take place which are supposed to fill a gap between teacher training college and being a real teacher, let's say. Now, I have yet to hear a single NQT say anything positive about them. And they are again something that's described as something that just has to be gotten out of the way. Um. Like, I've had anecdotal reports from NQTs that basically these workshops are a regurgitation of college delivered by people who very often are questionable in their training methodologies. They're often very patronising and almost always start every session with basically the NQTs having to introduce themselves every single session because it's a different tutor 
every week, I would say. I don't really know. Anyway, let's just say they're not very popular and they don't seem to be very good. So let's look at the other two because you might not be as familiar with those. Just if you aren't familiar with those workshops, I, I won't go through them because... I mean, essentially, you can Google that, go to the Teaching Council website. It's not very interesting, but the idea is it bridges the gap. There are workshops that bridge the gap between teacher training college and uh, teaching. But reports, anyway, anecdotal reports are that they don't really do that. So let's look at the other two because they're probably less familiar. Because And even if you just completed Drid yesterday, you might not have known that these things existed. The first one is called Professional Support Groups. This is in SEP. So this is where a group of NQTs head into their local education centre to have the chats about being an NQT, basically. Now, while they still definitely exist, I mean, this is something that absolutely exists still, there doesn't seem to really be a reason for them, to be honest, except to have the chats. I mean, the only real reason is to basically hook up with other NQTs. And again, anecdotally, they aren't popular. And to be honest, I had no idea they actually existed these days. So I had to check the latest Drihid booklet. And funnily enough, they are mentioned once in the entire Drihid booklet. And it states in that booklet, NQTs should engage, sorry, NQTs should also engage in one other professional learning activity, identified by themselves in accordance with their professional learning needs, in consultation with the PST. Typical learning activities might be, for example, participation in a workshop, a professional support group, there it is, a teacher professional networks, that's subject association, so that's obviously secondary schools, or an online or blended learning activity, or attendance at a conference, Failcha, etc. Now, I love how they gave the example of Failcha, just, just for one thing, uh, the annual extravaganza, which I'll talk about in a second, but that's amazing, isn't it? So basically, they've sort of scrapped this idea of professional support groups. You sort of should do something outside of your job, is what they're saying. I mean, what kind of scheme is this? That, you know, the only professional development or the only kind of thing you have to do in Drihid is maybe if you think, if you can identify something that you'd like to do that's within your own interest, uh, you know, and maybe have a chat to your PST, that's your, I don't know, a professional support team. Um, I don't know, it's funny. Anyway, but <laughs> I have to go on the side here about Failcha because I love how they gave this. It's an annual extravaganza, as I said there, where the teaching council spend an absolute fortune getting the likes of people like, I'll pick examples, Roddy Doyle and Mary Robinson to tell teachers how wonderful they are in exchange for money. And while I generally have no problem with annual conferences, and it's really nice to showcase an organisation's achievements, I do question this particular conference's aims. I really do. Secondary schools, I know, seem to love them. I, I, I don't know why secondary schools are so different to primary schools. I, I just, I don't know why we're lumped together, because the, the even the personalities of the people there. It's, it's, it's do you know, it, I, I think I've said this before. Say, I, when I meet secondary school principals, they remind me of David Brent at, uh, in the office or or even the other guy, um, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, from, from the American office. And they just take their job. So like, they, I don't know. I mean, they're not obviously as bad as that, 
but they do sound like that quite a lot of the time um you know they love they love the old slogans and the pushing the envelope and the blue sky thinking all that kind of nonsense i think they think they're running businesses rather than schools um but anyway they seem to love failure because they seem to love and that's the other thing about them they love motivational speakers a lot more than us cynical primary school teachers they love the lads going up there talking about green platforms and oh red platforms and all this nonsense um, and I, I just don't understand what it's about um, because anytime I go to a conference anywhere they seem to wheel these people out who talk about positive leadership or positive positivity generally you know and let's don't think about the negative just focus on the positive you know I, this b- bizarre nonsense that you should ignore ne- negativity and anyway these people that come up talking about their green platforms and so on. I'm picking on one guy there, and I don't mean to. There, there's plenty more of them that go on about this positivity, and and they they have these jokes that they prepare, and they and they do their even their laughing is uh, is scripted. But they seem to, they all one thing they all seem to have in common is they have a slideshow that's got two hundred slides on it at least, and they have to and they use the same slideshow at every motivational speaking talk, and they stand up there pretending it's the first time they've ever given that talk, complete with their fake spontaneous joke. I mean, I have lost eyeballs. I don't know how many eyeballs I've lost from the amount of eye rolling I do at these things. And yet every secondary school teacher and principal or leader particularly I speak to, oh, wasn't it amazing? Jeez, I couldn't, I was blown away by that. It was amazing. God, did you hear what he said? And they can quote them. I, I find them amazing. I amazing. I mean, they're off gone. They're very inspired. Um. I, I guess maybe I'm just meet the wrong secondary school leaders. But anyway, I digress. Let's move on to the third strand of this out of school bit of SEP. Now, you might want to sit down because this is going to take your breath away. In fact, you really, really should sit down. It's inspirational. You know, this is even more inspirational than the inspirational speakers at these conferences. And I cannot believe people do not give more credit to the Teaching Council for this amazing, wonderful, inspirational, magnificent strand. Now, you're sitting down, are you? I gave you some time. Good. Here it is. The third thing is other supports. The NIPT will offer email, telephone and online support to NQT's mentors and principals. That's it. (laughs) I mean, I have to admit, I'm actually in awe of the person that wrote that. I love it. I think it's amazing that somebody or some people decided that would actually be the third strand of a complete, you know, this professional program. I mean, isn't it amazing? I mean, what I would call that is chutzpah. Do you know what that is? Chutzpah. Basically taking the mickey. Absolute chancers. I, and, and do you know what? I love chancers. I actually, I, I have to admire it. I, do you know what? I'm not even cross at this. I love people who can get away with things they shouldn't at all get away with. You really have to admire people like that. And maybe that's why I'm fairly obsessed with Drihid and the Teaching Council, because it is the kingdom of chutzpah when it comes to education. I actually think it's admirable that an organisation that nobody actually needed was founded and essentially has earned millions by making teachers pay them in order to do a job that they're already qualified to do and for absolutely nothing in return. I mean, isn't that brilliant? 
I mean, I was thinking, right, this is what I should do. I should set up some sort of membership scheme for Onshaw.net, okay, based on the Teaching Council's method, right? All you have to do is pay me 65 euro every year and I will send you an email to tell you you are a registered Onshaw.net user. And I will provide you with nothing else, nothing else. Are you up for that? Now, <laughs> now, 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 you might say to me, now, now, Simon, that's not fair. The Teaching Council provides us with a huge amounts of things like, and, and then you'll pause and I'll wait. Because essentially, because it's very unlikely anyone can get away with simply charging people 65 euro for nothing. Yes, they initially created the Failture Festival, which I just talked about, and really, after that, what more do they do? Okay, they give us access to academic libraries, which you could probably get anyway. I, I don't really see that as a major thing. And they put loads of extra work on schools for absolutely no reason. Now, there is the thing is, I mean, I wouldn't mind because there is so much that they could have done and they simply haven't done it. Look, I could go on with this SEP document, but they spend the next 31 pages repeating themselves with these meaningless tables and appendices with the same repetitive information. Now, I'm sure secondary school principals would love these tables and appendices and would come back to me and say they were inspirational. You know, did you not see the beauty of that table? And because I know secondary school principals, if you talk to them, all they do is talk about timetables. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. That's what I would love that. I don't know if I'd like that job where I just did timetables. Uh, I'm, I'm only making, I'm only taking the mickey. I'm, I, I'm sure they do much more than listen to inspirational teachers and or inspirational speakers and like tables and um, they do loads more um, and um, what was I going to say oh yes I should actually talk about one of those appendices because it is actually important because that appendix is now called form D I said that very very the very scary voice because it, it, at that time this appendix was where the NQT would pass or fail their dread year or their induction year and yes you could fail back in those days so back then even though it wasn't called form d i'm going to call it form d and basically form d it was a long document it had seven places for the principal to sign yeah there were seven separate places because you know one place at the end just wouldn't do you need to make sure that you sign absolutely at every single sentence is in a chart table and maybe people like doing that i don't know so that's basically what dread looked like in its first instance in 2012 and i think you'll agree if you were if you listen to the first bit of it and the and the second bit of it very little's changed hasn't it do you know i mean really when you look at it very very little has changed it really sounds quite similar and i don't know if that surprises you um i hope it doesn't because it shouldn't because remember that lovely buzzword consultation now if you read through the very first sep document you'll quickly notice that almost everything that was in that document still remains in drihid and while much of it was watered down considerably for example principals and mentors were supposed to see some sort of big portfolio or something like that or the aforementioned professional support groups all that stuff is still in there so how did sep go down with teachers principals and even the representative bodies now you'll have to remember by the way just be while out before i go on this 2012 was still a time before the representative bodies decided to be called partners 
instead of actually doing their job, which was to protect its workers' terms and conditions. That time wasn't that long ago, and funnily enough, I managed to find myself as part of that story. Back in 2012, I was a CPT officer of the Carlo IPPN sect. I don't think it's called a sect, but it's the best I can do for now. <laughs> it's actually a network, okay? So it's a network. I'm, I, I was the CPD officer of the Carlo IPPN network. Now, I think that might not make sense, uh, the Carlo IPPN network, because that will be the Carlo Irish Primary Principles Network network. Anyway, it's not important. What is important is that my job was that I had to arrange for speakers to come to Carlo to talk to school leaders about things that might interest them. And in general, these sessions were very badly attended. And if you were someone that liked to eat more than one scone, these were the sessions that you should go to. Now, we'd be lucky to get 20 school leaders into the room. Now, we also have to remember that the IPPN and the INTO were still fighting with each other at that time, and Team INTO never came along to Team IPPN events. Back in those days... I straddled both teams slightly before I was asked to leave the INTO uh, committee, that was, I was the secretary of the branch committee, for calling everybody fools for accepting the Croke Park agreement. Yes, it was childish, but it turns out I was right after all. Anyway, doesn't matter, the branch committee person did not take too kindly to me, and I was torn me a new one by a very scary person on the branch committee, and I resigned. Perhaps this is why I became so involved in the IPPN, uh, because I liked the fact at that time they weren't afraid of the INTO, even if I was at the time, but they were very happy to point out when things weren't as they should have been. Now, of course, it's very different where I've been told um, that they believe now they have a mature uh, relationship with each other, which I would sort of translate as a comfortable relationship. Anyway, let's get back on track. I'd like to think it was me who brought the INTO and IPPN together, at least in Carlo, for one day. <laughs> because I had the idea of bringing the then head of the teaching council, Brendan O'Dea, a I think he was a retired ex-army man who was leading the SEP consultations around the country and he was very happy to meet anyone and everyone to get feedback which they were planning to ignore. And I actually remember the day like it was yesterday. It was one of my favourite days I've ever had as a member of any committee I've ever been on. Now, we had the usual 40 40 or so chairs out in the room and the coffee and the tea flasks and 40 scones roughly and the usual people were there scattered around the room and I thought it was going to be the usual CPD event nice and polite two scones each and I may be exaggerating here but I'm really not with about two minutes before the start okay we had Brendan O'Dea sitting at the table me and someone else and we were about to kick off about a minute or two before the kickoff in March, the INTO lads. I mean, like, it was kind of a coordinated march. <laughs> Their beards were flailing in the wind, frothing at the mouth, and ready for a fight as they grabbed, yeah, they did, they grabbed the front seats. For the first, and probably the last time, the Carlo IPPN CPD event was a sellout. Now, 
I have many highlights in my career that I like to look back upon from my reaction to when my first principal told me not to forget to teach the girls how to genuflect, never having heard the word before in my life, to the time I was running in the staff race at sports day and fell flat on my face. That wasn't a highlight, that's a low light actually. Why did I say that? I don't know. Anyway, however, this day was one of my favourites. I was sitting at the top table, as I said, in the hotel room, and my job was simply to introduce Brendan. Now, I began by welcoming everybody to the room very professionally. I was a very professional CBD person at the time, and I commented on how nice it was to see so many new faces, which in a way was probably passive-aggressive, like the INTO do whenever they have a new session. They say, it's lovely to see so many new faces, we should stay, or like a priest at mass, I suppose, at a communion. Um, Anyway, I introduced Brendan, and the minute he opened his mouth, honestly... (laughs) He barely said hello. All of the big guns in the INTO, their beards, they all had beards at the time, I don't know, most of them anyway, waggling with ire, started shouting out, Never, never! Um, I can't, well, it was more with a Carlo accent. Um, but it was an absolute car crash. It was amazing. It was an absolute car crash. And the same guy that gave me the bollocking was screeching i mean he was really screeching it was amazing i'm really not exaggerating i mean i I mean he had a high-pitched voice anyway but wow it was high i've never heard a man move to a higher pitch in my life and higher than any bg song honestly and the anger tumbling out of his mouth was unreal and to be honest actually do you know i'm laughing ish it was kind of scary or as into people would call that robust Because, you see, the INTO, when they're being scary and being horrible and being rude, they call it robust debate. And when somebody who isn't in the INTO leadership and calls out the INTO leadership for something, they call that injurious and they call that rude and they call it unprofessional. But I digress. Anyway, the gang grumbled and mumbled and roared and heckled for the entire thing. And then it was all over. And interestingly, that was the last time we ever saw INTO hacks coming to an IPPN CPD meeting and the last time we ever saw Brendan O'D again. I probably should say that the INTO people didn't kill him. It's just that he finished his position. He was the acting director and a new person came in. He, he wasn't eaten by the INTO people, just for the record. Anyway, it seemed like the INTO presence was all predetermined with whoever was in charge at the time sending out the beardy people like Mr. Burns and the Simpsons sending out his flying monkeys while he was aping the Wizard of Oz because in the Wizard of Oz they were actually much more effective and I don't want to be accused of calling anyone a witch. Um, But anyway, because at every one of these consultation meetings the teaching council was never met with was, was always met, sorry, was always met with the same aggression by the same anger and the same mantra never, never by the same people, the INTO insiders. Now the INTO insiders is a theme that we're going to be basically coming up with through the next set of episodes because this these people were important in the story despite the fact that they're on our side on the good side right now but essentially by the end of 2012 it looked like the road to SEP was over and there was really nowhere to go the INTO were dead set against it and vehemently so and it was really I mean nothing more than a stalemate The teaching council were going to have to think of something else, or they were going to have to play dirty. 
the inspectors weren't budging on their promise to phase themselves out of probating NQTs, and the clock began for the teaching council to try and figure it all out. And that's where we'll be heading in our next part of the episode. How did the teaching council convince the INTO to completely change their opinion, and who were the forces behind it? So there we have it. That is it for this part of our Drihid story, uh, this series, our summer series. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope we'll catch you again uh, next week for the next part, part three of our story of Drihid. Um, I'll be happily continuing to burn bridges, boom, boom, and uh, I'll see you next week. All the best. Bye bye.